This episode of Family Trips is brought to you by Nissan. Whether you want more adventure, more electric, more action, more guts, or more turbocharged excitement, Nissan is here to make sure you get it. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Hi, Pashi. Hi, Sufi. Very exciting today. It's not the first time it's happened, but Anna Ferris is a podcast host herself. She's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, longer than us. Way longer than us. Longer than almost anyone in the game. She got into it very early, and a great credit to her for doing a very novel and interesting podcast. You should definitely check hers out. But it's also really nice because people who have their own podcasts have their tech set up, and uh, you just hit the ground running with them. Yeah. So thank you to every guest who's been on our show who's known how podcast technology works. (laughs) Yeah, no, it, it, it is appreciated. It's also... I should point out that we're relatively new at this. Yeah. And very often when we get on with our producers before we've started, there's an issue. Yeah. And either they can't hear us or we can't hear them or we're not hearing them through the headphones. And nine times out of 10, we haven't plugged something in or turned something on. And 10 times out of 10, it is the fault lies with us. And oh. not the producer. <laughs> Just sometimes, yes. one time out of 10, it's a tricky thing that we need their expertise. And nine times out of 10, they're almost embarrassed to ask us. I feel yeah. as though they give us, like parents who realize there's more value in a kid figuring out something on our own. They yeah. know that it's just we haven't plugged it in, but they sort of wait for five minutes because they don't want to have to tell us. But the other things that might be wrong are so technologically difficult that they might sort of explain and they just sort of make us more confused and then they're like well okay if it's not that is are your headphones plugged in and then you'll look down and no they're not yeah a real dangler as we like to call it in the podcast biz (laughs) a dangler yeah josh we haven't had many disagreements about this show Mm. but there's something we disagreed on that i would like to bring up now yeah sure I was of the mindset that we should tell people at the end of each episode, hey, now Josh is going to sing a song that he wrote and recorded himself based on the interview you just heard. A decision was made that we just go into the song cold. I just worry that not enough people know that you are the person who is doing this. Someone said to me, I thought you had hired an outside song parodist. And so, again, we don't have to do it. We don't have to end each episode. But I do want people to know, and this has been true of every episode, and it's really impressive. Josh writes a song each week, and and he sort of has to jam them out and and get them in on time. And anyway, I appreciate it. And it's my favorite part of the podcast because it's the only part, you know, I'm not there for. And uh, so, yeah, you know, stick around to the end, everybody. Yeah, I just... It would feel weird to me to finish a podcast where we're talking to, let's say, Anna Ferris, And it's like, oh, now, also, (laughs) I wrote this song. Well, I was going to do it. I wasn't going to make you do it. Yeah, I just don't, I don't want But I was going to use that voice. I was going to go, and now Josh wrote a song. <laughs> so maybe it would have been bad, because I definitely, I love that voice. I love using that voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot. Do you have, because I don't quite know the full number of podcasts we've done, but do you have a favorite song so far that you've done? Um, it was Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, but now I think it's uh, the Kristen Bell. I've heard from a couple people that Kristen Bell is the is the best one. Yeah, mom and dad called me recently. They had just gone to the uh, the Clark 
Art Institute in Williamstown, Massachusetts, where I had recently been with my fiance Mackenzie and her mother. And it's just, it's an exceptional museum. And I suggested that mom and dad should go. And they called because they were leaving the Clark. And I was like, how was it? But all they wanted to talk about was the Kristen Bell song. There you go. It's a song that's better than an art museum. Your words, not mine. Yeah. Also, I forced them to talk about the uh, Art Institute. And uh, mom's complaint was that the signage for where you park wasn't good. Mm-hmm. So they parked in a sort of and like almost an off-site lot. But then they had to walk through these beautiful trails to get to where the main building was. And then they had to take a shuttle back to their car. And the whole time she was talking about the parking issues, dad was uh, harumphing in the background. Yeah. Well, I bet, based on everything I know about them, I bet he was hearing it when it was happening, too. I bet that wasn't the first time. He parked the car. Very rarely has something gone wrong for mom that hasn't been pinned on dad if he's also present. Yeah. That's her superpower. That's her superpower. She can pin (laughs) any old bullshit on dad, however innocent the man might be. This might surprise you or it might not, Josh. I'm doing another podcast right now with four other late night hosts. It's called Strike Force Five, and we're raising money for our cruise. Yeah. And um, dad just told me he likes this one more. Oh. Yeah. That's nice to hear. I think all things being equal, dad, every day of the week would trade four other talk show hosts for you. <laughs> Given the choice to hear a show uh, where the hosts are 20% his sons or 100% his sons, he'll take the hundo. Yeah, I'll take the yeah. hundo. Yeah, and also I think more likely to to get mentions on our podcast. Mm. Although not always uh putting him in the finest light. But they say, you know, any press is good press. Yeah. And I no think dad press. lives by that um especially since he only he only gets bad press from mom. He's very used to it. <laughs> He's probably happy just to hear bad press from new voices. Yeah. Anna Ferris, a delight to talk to. We hope you enjoy our conversation with her as much as we had having it. But first, why don't you listen to Jeff Tweedy? I just want to start. This is heartbreaking, Anna. I had this moment where I said to Josh, have you ever met Anna before? And it turns out this is the case where I'm way behind. He's been to your house. He's hung out. I think we did a New Year's together also, right? We did some ski trip. Okay. I have to do, if you guys don't mind, a slight conversation uh, interception. I was up until 4 a.m. having imaginary conversations with you both. And you guys didn't get a word in. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> and so I do want to note that in order to tell you, in order to tell us that, you immediately had to say, I want to make an interception. So you were, yeah. you were fully living out your dream right off the bat. Yes. And I was counting, though, I was, I was counting on one of you, though, to ask the intriguing question of, well, what were you guys talking about? Oh, yeah. 
in your and your late night sort yes, of yes, it's like head my spin. excitement of uh, of getting to be on your podcast and getting to hang with you guys. Yeah, Anna, what were what were we talking Thanks. about? I'm so I'm so <laughs> glad you asked that question. And I was going to offer you guys a choice of two different. I wouldn't call them bits because I'm not mm-hmm. much of a, you know, bit kind of person. I don't really write. I just sort of react, you know. Sure. Um, so the so I wouldn't call them the pun, the punchline, but the end of two different stories. And I'm going to give you the choice of st- well, first of all, I prepared for the scenario that you guys didn't <laughs> deliver on. Okay, great. So it's a flow chart. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, hi, I'm just really excited to be hanging with you guys. Seth and Josh could either go to a tangent. Oh, this is this was my going to be my course of action. Tangent yeah, yeah. interception. Does it go well? I don't know. Um, yeah. And There's, then, oh, or, Just for our listeners, because this is not a visual medium, I just want to point out that Anna is holding up a, a, a chart right now. Um, I feel like I've been podcasting all wrong. And she's the first person who's taken the time to make a visual aid. I'm also seeing now that there is a page behind the first page. We're oh, yeah. Seeing. So, so right. this is going to so be you... two pages that we're going to describe to you. <laughs> At least. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So then I stayed up. I wrote this down in case I forgot my line. I stayed up until 4 a.m. having imaginary conversations with you both. And you guys didn't get a word in. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be the pause for laughter. Um, now, you guys could have gone to, A, what kind of conversations, or just a, oh, huh. Which I think we went with A. Um, now, hold on. <laughs> so then I thought, okay, I'm going to give you guys the option. Oh, my gosh. Um, now so much... I have written down for our listeners. This is terrible okay. audio. This is so much fun. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> this is a third page. Uh, Handwritten yeah. uh, I, notes, yes, with uh, quotes I, around them. So these are things that the, these Anna are might my lines. Say. Yeah, these yeah. are your lines. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to see what happens once you don't have any more lines. You yeah. have pre-scripted your podcast answers yeah. without knowing what the questions were going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I sure did um, because I think that that's where my my brain has kind of gone. Like there was definitely a brain. Um, What's a great word sort of for uh, melting, but that's still like a little coagulated? Anyway. Okay. okay. You know, like I, I had like, you know, time melting, brain melting like for two years. So this is what I have to do now. I have noticed how awkward I am socially. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Anyway. Okay. You can choose congeal? between two bits. Yeah. Yes. Congeal. Okay, Perfect. Beautiful. Um. You can choose between two bits I was chewing on last night, I wrote. A, come on, homo sapiens. These are, these are, the, this is the end of the story, right? Okay. I, I, I don't want to be so brazen as, as to say that they're punchlines yeah. because I don't think they're jokes. Okay, okay, gotcha. They're just sort of endings. Yes, they're just sort of endings. And then the right. other one. So, come on, homo sapiens. Or the other one is, or... Or yeah, this is your choice B. I I could confidently confidently land I could confidently land a solid three point two. In in what land what? Like a, a jump? Like a That's for you to decide. A gymnastics. And this is all so you it does seem like, and let me just venture a guess here, Anna, yeah. that you woke up from these dreams and just started writing down. 
They weren't dreams. Oh, right. You were awake. I was awake. <laughs> you maybe yeah. should have been asleep. I should have been asleep. <laughs> I should have been asleep. And I even thought, oh, I'm going to write this down. And then I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so did you guys want to hear about any of those stories? Like, the, the you have two choices, come on, homo sapiens, or I could confidently land a solid I mean, just two. out of Or should curiosity, we just move on? I mean, gosh, I'd love to know what this, what is the details of any story where you confidently land a 3.2. But do yeah. you, I feel like I'm, I'm very worried you don't know. I do know. Okay. I do okay. know. Well, then let's hear yeah, the three I feel like yeah, um, I feel like we should come to some resolution on one of these. Okay, I feel great. like three points. Yeah, everyone's grasping at straws right now. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So uh, I was an English major at okay. University of Washington, and I was the kind of person who would, if we had a 12-page essay due in like four weeks, I would completely put it off. I wouldn't even think about it, but I would be really surprised at like when I did sit down at 1130 or whatever the night before, how there was like a nice mental flow, like subconsciously I had been processing it. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how I thought this podcast was going to go because Uh I felt like I could confidently land like a 3.2 pretty much every time. So a 3.2, like a GPA situation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. GPA. I see. So that's pretty good. So that is it. I I I do. I will say, I think I'm more conscious of the fact that I'm thinking about things before I sit down to write them, whereas it seemed like you were surprised by it. But I do think there's a lot to be said for putting, letting your noodle sit with it before you actually sit down and start banging it out. So I I think that's a good way to approach an essay. Don't you think that most major decisions in life, like when I decided to um, study abroad, <laughs> they start as like truly a, like a kernel in, uh, you know, the back of your brain. You're not even quite sure that it's there. And it somehow like takes root, starts to sprout, fertilize it. And then suddenly, you know, you're getting married. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think for, for <laughs> studying abroad, I would say it's not, it's something that maybe the school system puts into your head. You know, people who have studied abroad previously, you've got some friends who are like, I'm thinking about studying in Spain or I'm going to go to, you know, France or wherever. And then you just sort of do that as well. Did you guys study abroad? We did not. Did you? No. No. We but lived we abroad. lived abroad. Yeah. You lived in France, right? We lived in the Netherlands. Oh, in, in the Holland. Netherlands. Yeah. Where did you, did you study abroad? I studied, I mean, I didn't, you know. I, you went, did I went. you go abroad <laughs> when you were in college? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, Siena. Siena, Italy. Ooh. Yeah. What oh, were you man. supposed to be studying? Uh, the language and art history. Oh, the, I mean, those si, are two good vero. things. I lean, I lean hard into the accent, you know. <laughs> Ho studiato a Siena, ma solo per tre mesi, e venti yeah. anni fa. It's very fun. Did they tell you sort of on the first day, we think you're leaning into the accent too much? Uh, they, they don't tell you that. They don't. You find <laughs> out don't. when you get home. No, and, and then there's this, like, the switch from, like, um, my parents, I think, of, like, They've, they've, uh, they really prioritized traveling to Italy so much so that I think they spent their retirement like packing us into a minivan and, and driving all over Italy, um, for better, good times and bad times, mostly, mostly good times. Um, but there is definitely when I, when I say like, dove il bagno, mi scusi dove il bagno or whatever, you know, yeah, where's uh, the bathroom? 
Oh, gosh, you are a whiz now. Yeah, um, studiato italiano, dieci anni fa. Oh, uh, bravo. Yeah. So, but the switch from, like, the assumption that I can speak well to, oh, she doesn't know what the fuck she's saying, happens very quickly, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Josh had a Dutch girlfriend when we were living in Amsterdam. And my impression of Josh is all of their conversations would be three lines before Josh would then all of a sudden say, wait, what? Because, and it was like, so show offy, like, Hey, Malifia, and then she'd be like, yeah, it is a good, and he'd be like, wait, huh, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. I do think that every foreign language teacher, one of the first things they teach all their students to say is I speak a little whatever the language is, mm-hmm. like je parle un peu de français. And I don't think you should teach that until people actually speak a little French. If that is the only sentence you have other than your name, you shouldn't be saying, I speak a little French, because then someone might try you. And if it turns out all you can say is, I speak a little French and my name is Josh, then you shouldn't say I speak a little. Did you speak like none? I yeah, I yeah. just did stand up in Amsterdam and this joke, I should preface it, this joke did not go well. But I said, uh, I speak ein beetje Dutch. Like, for example, I know the words for A and little. Good, good. Yeah. No, not good. <laughs> oh, that's it. That was the end of your joke. <laughs> I thought there was something else coming up. Yeah, um, it was. I mean, I like that. I was like, oh, the Dutch people didn't get this joke, but it's going to be it's going to be a barn burner. <laughs> yeah. Come I know on, homo Josh sapiens. And <laughs> Come on, homo sapiens. I thought, there was, I thought there was a network lag. Let me just say. <laughs> yeah. So wait, uh, Anna, we're going to bring it down to the studs right now. I, I love it. I love you it. Thank you. You went to University of Washington. You lived in Washington. You weren't yes. born there, but you a young age, you're there. Yes. Siblings? Yes, an older brother. And I was listening to Amy Poehler. You, you guys with Amy Poehler. It's a, yeah. called a core four, right? Yeah, a core yeah. Four, four, four. Yep, you were a core four? I'm a core four. How much older was your brother? Three years. Okay, so were you close? Um, we are really close now. We had two really distinct identities of physical extremity. My social identity was the short girl. Okay. Like mm. the short girl over there. My brother was always incredibly tall. He was known for his height. And I bet so, he wasn't incredibly tall when he was born. But he, he, go that's on. true. That's true. <laughs> you know what, Josh? I really hope he listens to this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was Anyhow. always that tall Bob. Back to you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but we we fought healthily. We fought a healthy amount. You know, I think that we, I think that the, because I was born in Baltimore where we lived, we moved when I was six, my brother when he was nine. And so I I think that it hit a little harder, the move for Mm -hmm. him. So we spent some years kind of adjusting to um, what felt like a slightly, not that it was necessarily upper class. It wasn't at all. We were very middle class, but. We went from, a, I think, a pretty tight-knit community in Baltimore to a sense of, like, financial competition. Like, I started becoming kind of aware of, of much more of a, a ranking kind of culture. But maybe that was just the age, too. Maybe I would have, you know. Yeah, that's true. I do feel like six might sadly be the time where kids start yeah. clocking you the differences. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But you, uh, and now were you, 
Were you a core four that took trips together? Is this true that your parents wanted to take their kids to Italy? So, yeah. So my brother and I, we took, we took a lot of trips. We were road trippers until, um, until my parents started splurging on Italy trips when they, when they came into a little bit more money, but, but not much. I mean, I was in the backseat of a minivan Mm-hmm. A lot. I was like the way, way back kid, you know, because when you're the shortest, you're in the way, way back. You're basically, you're basically luggage. I'm by far the best directionally in my family. Huh? But why would they put you in the back? I don't know why you'd put the compass in the back. Uh, thank you. I have been attempting to make the argument for navigator, like chief navigation, <laughs> um, <laughs> because I, I like maps. Remember maps? Like I, yeah. I was like weaned off of the Thomas Guide in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, that's for those who don't know. This is a real a rite of passage. You've got to get a Thomas Guide, and it was just a giant map that it was like a binder. It was like a binder that was like maybe two to three hundred pages that had grids, and so you'd get an appointment, and it would say you're going to like page whatever B six, and yep. you turn to that page, and you'd like. You'd follow, it was A, you know, A through G on the on the left-hand side and the numbers on top, and you'd have to figure out where you were going, and you'd drive around, and you'd sometimes have to pull over and put this, like, Don't, binder in yeah. your lap and yeah. uh, sort it out. Yeah. I think we were all the final days of the Thomas Guide, correct? Do you think that this is a disadvantage? Because we're in this, like, tech age, whatever, and I think all of all the three of us are of that generation where – we were kind of right on that cusp. And we can't, it's so boring when I tell my kid, like, oh, I had the thing back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I had to learn or whatever. I, but uh, I do think we have a particular disadvantage. Would you agree with this or not? Of like being on that, like I was using microfiche in college. Yes. Right. I think the best example I have of this is I was studying film and we were learning how to edit film by hand. And so that, and I graduated college in 1996, like actually splicing film together. And I felt like the day I graduated, they just rolled those machines into the garbage. Like everything (laughs) I learned to do was immediately obsolete. Uh, Yeah. Yep. And so then whoever the freshmen were that year never even saw the machines I was learning on. There's always those stories of where like a maps app on your phone will like someone drove into a lake because it told them to. And I wonder if one day like a bunch of today's children will just like walk into a lake and be like, hey, we have to fix something because these kids, they don't understand anything. There's just like a lake full of kids who are like, we don't know. We don't know what happened. It was the app. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> When you took road trips out what? of uh, out of the Washington, uh, out of the state of Washington, was it mostly Pacific Northwest? Were you? I mean, I, what a great question! One year, so we um, we had a big station wagon, the kind my mom was like the field trip mom. So we had the big, we had those funny fold out seats, you know, in the way way back. Mm-hmm. Um, you could pack in like four or five extra kids, and. Um, so, but then we, that, that, uh, we called it the battle wagon. The battle wagon, uh, died and my mom upgraded to the Ford Astro van. Do you guys okay. remember those? I do remember. They had a the very Astro kind van. of a snout like appearance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it fed, like it fed off, uh, ants and other yes. small yes. insects. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, it had four captain's chairs, so that was an upgrade for me. Uh, and we took my parents took um, took us on a six week journey across the United States. I I've been to most of the United States. We stayed in um, well. So day one, we left Seattle, I-90. We have like, I remember my parents packing their espresso machine. Wow. <laughs> that is the most stereotypical Seattle thing to do, is to bring your not just your own coffee, but your own coffee machine. You can't trust the rest of America to make your coffee. And Seth, we were house guests the entire <laughs> journey. But they love we Italy, so they were probably like, oh, this cafe is molto delicioso. Yeah, this was pre-Italy, though. No, we, okay. we were like... Well, that's where it probably came from. Well, so we didn't have any friends in Montana. So, we, so we're so we heading east, day one. And like, and I'm sitting behind my dad because uh, he is taller. You know, I'm, I'm that. I'm the kid yeah, well, behind sure. the dad. And I just start feeling this like mist of my, my dad kept spraying himself with water to keep himself awake. <laughs> <laughs> so did he preload a sprayer with water thinking yeah. that this might happen? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you know, back in those days too, uh, our entertainment was window, you yeah. know? Yeah. 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 Um, what do you think? I would kind of lose myself. I remember like during that particular road trip, I was 15, a tough age. Wow. Yeah. So 15 and 18 going on a yes. six week road trip with your parents. That is a very yeah. risky age to bring kids that age. Yeah. Also likely giving up your summer. Like that's your summer when Definitely. you might want to be doing other things. And I did look up where you're from and uh, it's it, Edmonds, Washington is mm -hmm. the town. So it's like right on the Puget Sound. I can't imagine it being more beautiful than like, it's got to be incredible. It is. It is. It is gorgeous. But I do think at that time, I was just, I was ready to get out. I was ready for my world to be bigger, yeah. which it did not. But you're right. Yeah, Josh, it was, um, I don't remember, like, I don't remember ever resisting my parents, like the, like being like, I don't want to go. I just mm -hmm. did, you know, I just got in the car. I think we car. were the same. We would not, whatever our parents planned, we would go along with. Yeah. It, and and we were house guests, like all over the country with all of my parents' friends, which that generation of friendship, I don't know if you're, I feel like your parents are, are similar. Like, did they have like friends that they've been, like yes. couple that they've been close to for since like their 20s? Yeah, even like my dad's best friend from when he was like five. Yeah. Uh, and they're still tight. Yeah, it's kind of remarkable. Whereas, like, if you drove around, if you if you drove uh, uh, your kid around to see your friends, it would just be like West Hollywood, Los Feliz, <laughs> <laughs> maybe Brentwood. <laughs> um, Seth, can I tell you about the time that Josh uh, saved my butt? Your butt, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we we are going to get was... back to your six week road trip because I feel okay. like there's a lot of digging yeah. we want to do there, but you I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to let you talk about Josh now. I wish that I had, like, there was an alligator chase in Florida. Oh, we don't want to hear about that. That's not. That's There's a podcast that does animal chases. Yeah. <laughs> an alligator chase. All right. We'll put a pin in alligator chase. Yeah. It's and not also, that good. I, I'm, I'm still here. I got my limbs. but um, Your dad just yeah. sprayed water. 
on the alligator and he ran. <laughs> so how did Josh save your your butt? Okay. So uh we I was in the middle of shooting uh my super ex-girlfriend with mm-hmm. Uma Thurman and Luke Wilson. It, we were shooting in New York and it was a really intimidating set for me. It was like I just laid low. That was my strategy. And so we had a break for Christmas and I Josh, I can't remember who arranged our mammoth trip, but when I think me, I, I bet you did. I bet yeah. you did. Um, so anyway, you're not supposed to go skiing when you're in the middle of filming a movie. Yeah, as you guys probably know, because so, of injury, because of the risk. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but I, but Josh arranged this trip. I somehow got invited, and uh, and there was a. I was supposed to be back in New York. They didn't know that I had gone to Mammoth. Uh, I was supposed to be back in New York like the following day or something incredibly stressful. There was a big snowstorm. Josh spent about six hours truly digging my car out. Mm. It was he. Did you remember this, Josh? I I don't remember the digging out, but I feel like. You don't? No, not specifically. I'm kind of grateful, actually, because I don't think I ever like. I was so gripped with panic. I I don't remember. I was embarrassed to like I, I wanted to re-thank you for oh. that because I don't know if I was if I was too preoccupied to really express my gratitude because you were out there for hours. Yeah, well, I'm New Hampshire boy, so I'm used to snow, shoveling snow. There's part of me that uh that likes it. I was so terrified that I was going to be like like on the chopping block if I was late, you know? That yeah. was that was I was really really scared. And uh, anyway, you you really, you were just out there. Yeah, you made well, it happen. You're welcome. What this says uh, to me about my brother is that he is uh, so chivalrous that yes. he's probably dug out multiple cars, and that's why he can't remember yours. <laughs> Whereas if I had dug out your car, I would be talking about it every single time. Every time yeah. I saw you on camera, on yes, screen, yes. I go, I ever tell you the time about I dug a, you dug saved a super car. ex-girlfriend. I was a guy. <laughs> Josh is like, oh, yeah, I look, I dig out a lot of cars. Yeah, well, I mean, I could see like, I don't know, I would feel some level of responsibility on a trip like that if I had sort of said, come out here and then... I feel like I'm sort of on the the top oh. line of that trip, and then if you get sort of somehow pinned in there, I would feel a level of responsibility. I don't know. It was heroic, and wow. I'm really grateful. Josh, did you come up with that game? That was the year that we all brought our worst work. Oh yeah, we. It was bring a video of you from like childhood, or you know something, yeah. but like but bad. And uh, and everyone had stuff. Oh, I want to say I had a. It was so amazing. I think I had a video of my friend uh, Craig Bouchard and I had gone to a place in the mall and recorded us lip syncing "Whoop There It Is," and it was like just terrible. Um, <laughs> our dear friend Rob Benedict had like auditioned for like a nine hundred two one zero thing, oh, yes, and there was Rob's like there was, was news there was news footage of him like. Because they were covering like this, you know, casting. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. It was a good it was a good uh, event. The game was just a, a film festival of sorts. Where yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was fantastic. How many yeah. people? How many people were bringing uh, clips? I think there were like eight of us, maybe yeah. something great. like that. 
That's yeah. the right length. Yeah. What was yours? Anna, what was your worst work? I can't remember if I brought my regional yammy yogurt commercial mm. or if I had brought, to be in the running. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't bring it, it was in the running. Or, or if I if I brought Lover's Lane, the low mm. budget horror movie that I participated in, I get gutted. Ooh. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. This episode of Family Trips is brought to you by Nissan. Posh, these days too many people have to settle for the next best thing, especially when it comes to choosing a car. Yeah, but at Nissan, there's a vehicle type for everyone, for every driver who wants more. Whether you want more adventure, more electric, more action, more guts, or more turbocharged excitement, Nissan is here to make sure you get it. Because Nissan is all about giving people a whole spectrum of thrills to choose from with a diverse lineup of vehicles. Sports cars to sedans to EVs, pickups, crossovers with Nissan's diverse lineup. Anyone can find something to help them reach their more. What are you looking for more of, Josh? I like a nice ride. I like a nice sound system. I like something that's, yeah, that's comfortable. You like to have room to load up a bunch of gear, go somewhere, do an adventure. I do. I'm never happier than when I have sort of a, a full car, a roof rack on my car. Makes me happy. And all I need is a cup holder for an iced coffee. And Nissan can provide you with both of those things. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Family Trips and for the reminder to find your more. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Paji. Yeah, Sufi. You know, there are times in my life where I know the thing I need most is a good night's sleep, and yet my brain, for some reason, is just hung up on something that is bringing me stress, and it will not let me get the sleep that I need. And there are times like these that I feel like therapy has been very valuable to me. Yeah, absolutely. I've had times in my life where... You sort of can get in these cycles of negative self-talk where you are maybe meaner to yourself than you would be to anyone else in your life. When you get stuck in those little sort of doom loops, there's nothing like therapy to help get you out of it. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash trips today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash trips. I have a question real yeah. quick about Yammy's. Is it Yammy's yogurt? Uh, yammy. Okay, Yammy yogurt. Yammy yogurt, yeah. I did a furniture commercial in Chicago and it was like the first time I think I got paid over $1,000 or something. Not much more over $1,000 because it was a regional commercial. But I still to this day remember how excited I was when I got it. Were you over the moon when you booked Yammy? No. No? No. <laughs> how jaded. It's Yammy's yogurt. Oh, oh yes, Seth. Now we are oh, tapping into something. I know, I know. <laughs> I I have like I I do have a dark cynical soul really <laughs> I I was a theater kid like I was Did you think it was beneath you at that time? I didn't think it was beneath me but I certainly didn't feel passionately about it like It wasn't TCBY. <laughs> right. They hired me because I was 16 or no 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 I wasn't 16 I think I was like 14 but I looked like I was maybe 10 and I had mm -hmm. a really round face. So the whole commercial is just like my face. And I, in my memory 
uh, I didn't have headgear on during the commercial, but I think that was during my headgear stages. Mm, um, interesting. So the the commercial, a 15-second regional commercial for Yummy Frozen Yogurt. Yummy was launching their frozen yogurt line. And I am eating frozen yogurt like this with a smile on my face. And you hear my mom off camera, not my mom, an actress, say, Amy, are you eating ice cream? And I say, not anymore. <laughs> so ninth grade, down the hallways, lockers slammed yeah. shut. Not anymore. Okay. Like, I forgot. Uh, yeah. I, I did not process that there was a giant downside to the age <laughs> in which you booked your first regional commercial. I was in my mid-20s. I nobody was giving me a hard time about it. But that is a that is a disaster. And this was getting a lot of airplay. Yeah. It kind of yeah. was. I was very snobby about like commercial work. Yeah. <laughs> like I and I think it was because I didn't feel attractive attract as attractive uh, enough or like it felt like the you know, it felt of course like it wasn't at the meat of the matter of like you know, the emotional state that I wanted to express. Did you guys go to your high school reunions? I went to one of them. Yeah, I've been to mine. And I missed one like about five years ago and I really regret it. Oh, really? Why do you? Yeah, I had the one I, the first one I went to, I, it was perfect timing. I think it was my tenure and I had just started on SNL. So it was really cool. And I had done oh, yeah. I had done comedy stuff at in uh, high school, a lot of it with Josh. And I feel like people in our high school rooted for us. And it's always been nice to go back and see them. So it was really special. That's I nice. feel like you've had the same experience, right, Josh? Yeah. I mean, the last one that I went to, we were in New York for Thanksgiving and our high school always has the reunions the day after Thanksgiving on that Friday because people are home to see their families. And we were in New York um, with Seth's family and I really wanted to go. So I flew up for a day and I flew up. I landed. There was a terrible snowstorm. Uh, I had a friend uh, pick me up, took me to the reunion. I got home. I had to start the generator um, and I was at home. At the reunion, he dug out like 10 cars. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I didn't even get to catch up with people. I was just making sure they could get home. He brought. I remember when he what left New guy. York. He brought two shovels. He's like, "I'm going to bring. Uh, I'm going to bring a backup shovel." Um, uh, but I had to start the generator, which I had never done because we didn't have a generator when we were kids. And I got that thing fired up. Oh, so you get some cred? Okay, yeah, yeah. But I had minimal power in the house, uh, and to have a night at your parents' house, your childhood house, alone. With the two dogs, right now we're down to one dog there, but there were two enormous dogs, and we were on the couch, and we watched Caddyshack with commercials, because um, it was just on TV, and it was so much fun. And then the next morning, uh, we have a good neighbor friend who drove me back to the airport, and I flew back to New York, and I was it was 100% worth it. Um, what yeah. is your, and did you go, have you gone to your reunions? Uh, isn't it? kind of grotesque how you when one asks a question you're also secretly hoping that you get asked the question Anna we know exactly what's going on here I know you, you know my we, we actually you know what we owe you an apology because we should have made our answer shorter to get to you quicker 
Yeah. I appreciate it. But I feel it. like you were going to be like, nobody likes reunions. And we're like, we like it. By the way, Anna, nothing would make me happier than if your answer right now was no. No. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't think so. <laughs> you don't even know? I don't know. <laughs> so how did it go? When you go back, are they like, are they still quoting yammies to you? Oh, God. I think I went to my 20th. I don't, I don't keep in touch with... I only keep in touch with one person from high school, but and I've always kind of had that quality of like uh, kind of ex- maybe to a fault, like a sort of extreme intimacy versus uh, like a larger social circle. So I didn't really keep in touch with anybody. I also wasn't nostalgic at all. I was not. Mm. I was just waiting to get out. I felt like inter- like internally like a caged animal. But it was such a relief. when I So I went to my 20th. It was such a relief to be, it was like, you know, a B plus of an, it was like a 3.2 of a night. (laughs) 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 A tricky detail was it was at this loud, uh, like local bar. And because I'm wildly self-absorbed, I didn't remember anybody. And you have to really, so because the bar is so loud, you have to talk closely with people and to try to like surreptitiously glance down at somebody's name tag when they're like eight inches away from you Mm. is really tough. But the relief of the night, I think selfishly was that people recounted how like quiet I was. And Mm. that's how I remembered myself. I remember I was a little bit worried that, you know, because it's hard to have any kind of self-reflection on who, on how you may have come across what you in it so it was a relief to me that 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 was a nice confirmation that people weren't like oh i remember when you were anna whatever (laughs) (laughs) um yeah stuck up with all your yogurt yeah 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 yeah, exactly but so that that was that was a nice experience to be to have that confirmed and do you still have family there yeah in washington yeah right do you go home often Nice. Too often. Do you bring? Uh, do you travel with your son there? Do you take him? Does oh, he? Yeah. Okay, great. Does it's he like a, it? Does he think of it as your as his his mom's home? That is such a nice question. Uh, yeah, I think That's so. Great. And it's like woods and streams and like eagles and you know mud. It's pretty great. It's yeah. pretty my in laws are from my wife is from New Mexico. And my in-laws are talking about selling. They want to maybe, they're just, you know, their kids are gone. They also want to be more on the East Coast where all their grandkids are. And they're talking about selling the house. And even my kids, who've only been there a handful of times, are like, no, that's our favorite place in the world. (laughs) And it seems a little unfair to make uh, my in-laws keep a giant. (laughs) Uh, a giant piece of land in uh, in New Mexico for the purposes of my kids, but are they going to yeah. do it? Of course, I don't know. They're my kids okay, are yeah, pretty yeah. convincing. My kids yeah, are pretty yeah. convincing. So, yeah, I think also when you're a grandparent and your kids, your grandkids are like, we love where you live. I think that's a that's a you don't want to give that up. Yeah, that makes total sense. I was thinking as uh, last night around I don't know maybe two forty five a.m. I was thinking about how Americana is so sort of a part of a a lot of us, I think, that we don't realize much of it until we travel abroad. And even then, 
I don't know if we can, it's more not how we are perceived, but how we perceive ourselves a bit. And not even just like the typical arrogance. I think that it is a world, it's like, it's like being beautiful your whole life or something, just simply not knowing what the other one, what the other element feels like. Does that make sense? Like we're defined by sometimes what we don't feel. <laughs> I I will only say, and I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but I had two incredible years where I lived abroad, loved it. And I can't imagine living abroad the rest of my life. You know what I mean? I did yeah. feel the pull of just, I, I like being here and I like being from here. I like going other places, but I just, I do feel that tie, which is a, a really lovely being proud being proud to be American has sort of like weirdly been co-opted by different totally, elements, but I totally. genuinely feel proud and and uh, and, and yeah. love it. Yeah. I also feel like I feel like every now and again there are like threats from companies of like we're going to move overseas, and it's like no, you're not. Like whoever owns those companies runs those companies. They don't want to live. Like yeah, some do, but it's like if people are like we're taking our money and we're going to Ireland, it's like go to Ireland. Like go you're going to gonna come back. You want to be. Ireland. Yeah, it's great. I do love Ireland. Yeah, I do love Ireland. You know, for a week. When I was t- studying in Italy, I got a um, a really bad concussion. How'd you get a concussion? Or it was this? Is, I like this. Is going to be another interesting story. You're not going to tell us like the alligator. <laughs> <laughs> my my uh, my dear friend at the time. He's still my friend. I guess we haven't talked in a long time. But Dave gave me this big bear hug, and he was pretty wasted. And then we, and it was such a, he like lifted me up and then we just fell. And so he fell on top of me. I fell on this hardwood floor. The, um, I was okay. But the next day I started in the middle of class crying uncontrollably, like the kind of like heaving, almost like, um, you know, uh, like, <laughs> like very hard to control your breath. And so I left class and I couldn't stop. And I had no particular reason. There wasn't anything that brought this on. I found out later that apparently a concussion can also like kind of trigger some emotional switches a little bit. <laughs> so my friend took me to the hospital because I was, I was crying inexplicably. So I go to the Italian hospital in, outside of Siena, which... Um, a hospitali. Uh, see, um, there's some. <laughs> hey guys, I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what you're saying. Oh, sorry, Seth. It's a hospital. hospital. And then what did, what did Anna say? <laughs> Hospitali. But then she said, "See, si. what was that?" See, si. <laughs> si. she could see the hospital. What's going? I don't understand, you guys. Seth, yeah, that's the world's okay. larger. The world's larger <laughs> than you think. So. I went to the hospital. It was it was one of those moments where I felt um, like, oh yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind being in a, you know, a, a hospital in California. <laughs> I had a weird thing happen, which is when I lived in Amsterdam, I used to get sick all the time in the states, and then I lived in Amsterdam's early twenties, and I got strep throat, which I used to get all the time. I remember I went to the Dutch doctor, and he gave me some medicine, and then the second time I went, three months later. They said, all right, we, we're not going to just keep giving you medicine, which is what uh, American medicine was happy to do, American healthcare. And uh, they took out my tonsils, and they paid for it. 
Amazing. They said, we think we think you could keep getting strep throat because your tonsils are infected. And so I had my... Uh, Did you get him back? Your tonsils? I haven't. And it turned out it wasn't a hospital. It was, <laughs> it was an organ harvesting thing. And not only were my tonsils gone, but one of my kidneys... <laughs> Oh. Also, yeah, it was. I should have known because it was a. It wasn't a building. It was a but van. You got a cool scar. I bet. I do have a cool scar. Um, oh, here's a weird thing I wanted to mention earlier that I don't even know if it's worth like backtracking to. But remember staring out the window during road trips. Yeah, yeah. So what I would do to sort of like I don't know I guess kill time. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine like if we were going through the you know, the prairies of North Dakota or whatever, I would always imagine myself on horseback keeping pace with the car, like mm. wind flying through my hair, like, and I would just, I would sort of like follow the, but did you guys have any like mental places that you would kind of check into during your long road trips? I'm going to say something that seems like a lie based on what you said. I okay. always picture myself running alongside a car or a train out the way. Yeah. I like to think, I look at the uh-huh. ground and I think about where you would have to, if you could run as fast as the car, what would be the perilous elements of the, uh, of, of the, of the ground? Yeah. Like we're fantasizing about a degree of freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you imagine that you're running next to a car or a train or are you running super fast or is it like easy? Like somehow you've, you've got into a stride that just like keeps pace or is it's it easy. like you're running full out? In my head, I am of the power to run fast as a car and not be sort of Otherwise, too. It's, it's not very right. relaxing. Otherwise, It's not relaxing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but like when you look at those like marathon runners, like they're running fast, but it also looks easy and smooth. Yeah. They would probably, they would probably take issue with it, but it does look that way. Right. Would you guys ever be judgmental about, let's say you have, um, in the first five minutes of meeting someone, they tell you that they've climbed Mount Everest. Okay. Would I be judgmental of the speed in which they brought it up? Yes. And potentially yeah. even more. I think if I met somebody for the first time, unless they had climbed Mount Everest that month, in which case I'll give him a pass. Yeah, I don't want to hear I don't want to hear about it in the first hour. Well, that would be in June because the, the window to climb Everest is in early May. Yeah, oh that's uh-huh. true. So you I uh, right. So if I guess that thing if you're <laughs> you talking to somebody and they're talking late about May, Everest. June. If it's not June, <laughs> they're really pushing it. Um yeah, I it also depends on the conversation that you sort of walk into or that maybe that you're having or you've gone to a National Geographic photo exhibit and you're talking to people about that kind of thing and some guy's there and he's like, oh yeah, I climbed Everest. And would be like, oh, interesting. Like I, if it's just a random meeting, I don't know. Like I think if you're at a party, for example, and you're like, oh, it's so hard to get a drink here. And the guy says, well, not as hard as climbing Everest. And I would yeah. know. And then he takes out his phone and is showing you pictures. Yeah, that's probably. That, that's a bad guy, right? Or Yeah. I'm also wondering now, Anna, if you have climbed Mount Everest yeah, and you think I guess we're we long enough into the podcast where you can bring it up. Guess what? It's August. So, <laughs> so you're not going to bring it up now. What's the highest mountain you've climbed? Have you done any mountain? No. No? I'm, but well, I've I've hiked a lot of trails. My my parents, my dad 
um, especially would take us hiking every weekend, which uh, was really good. It was really good for us, I think, you know. And you were excited or did you, was it a dreading it situation or an excited for it situation? Um, Somewhere in between. Yeah. I think the important thing is that you look back on it and are happy it happened. I think that that's a thing. I really liked, I liked the peace and solitude of woods. I was always, I always imagined myself as a kid that I would, you know, somehow buy a little piece of land up in Yukon territory, Mm -hmm. become a Canadian citizen and just live by myself. Mm. Um, I have a lot of live by myself fantasies. Yeah. Just FYI. (laughs) Three kids. Three kids will do that. (laughs) Wait, do you... When you would when you would go on a hike with your uh, family, was it a lot of chatting, or were you allowed to sort of enjoy the peace of the of the wilderness? Um, my dad is a great conversationalist, so and he does like to tell stories, and he has a whole uh, he's got a lot of knowledge about a lot of different things, and he's a we got kind one of those a two. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, but, but it did, it, uh, you know, it forced conversation, I think. And I just liked, I think it was the only physical activity that I felt, I felt like I could really run up a mountain at one point in my life. Yeah, that's really good. At age I think it's important to remember that (laughs) as an adult, you look back and say, oh, so glad we did that. And then you have to remember as a parent, you sometimes now have to force your kids to do things they wouldn't otherwise do with the hopes that in 20 or 30 years. They'll appreciate it. Seth, when you take the kids on road trips, like iPad stuff, how do you, where do you fall? So here's the thing. They don't get iPads in the car. And I feel bad because I think if it was the other way around, they wouldn't get iPads on the train either. But on the weekends, we leave the city and my wife drives up in the morning with our baby. And then I wait for the boys to finish school and we get on the train. It's about two and a half hours. And I just give them an iPad and they watch something and I read and I love it. And my, God love my wife who would say, "Do you didn't do any arts and crafts? I'm like, no, we didn't do any arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, did you, did you bring a crayon? When we fly, like the last time we flew, my wife uh, was in the middle. Uh, uh, so she was in a set of three with the boys on either side. And then I was on the outside. I was at the, what, uh, an aisle over. And she, I mean, she just brings a bag of a thousand activities. And you know, with kids, like they, it's four minutes per activity. So if you want right. to keep them doing things, it's not like, oh, modeling clay. In your head as an adult, you think 70 minutes? No, four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, and then that, so the backpack, where the modeling clay is in the backpack is the four minutes of space has been taken up by Great. bringing modeling clay. So she's really good, but we're pretty, I, I mean, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to hold out. Cause I will say, and I know this is not a reason to let your kids watch iPads, but they don't know what the fuck any of their friends are talking about. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they no have frame no, of reference for no frame of reference. That's how I was raised, though. Yeah. I'm not a very restrictive parent. Yeah. Um, but and maybe part of that is because I was so, I mean, it like fun, it made me fundamentally uncool 
definitely a virgin. My mom was adamant. Like, I wasn't allowed to uh, watch any television, really. But I, when she would go to the grocery store, I would watch, like, usually it was like Golden Girls was on right yeah. after school. Yeah, and then love, I would love. frantically... <laughs> Then I would frantically put like some frozen peas over the on the te- television because my mom would feel it when she got home. She would, oh. You cool down the TV? Yeah. This is wildly impressive thinking. <laughs> yeah. I when That's you said really- I I took out the frozen peas, I want to tell you I had no idea where it was going. <laughs> yeah, on top of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> and would she come home and like put her hand on the TV and sort yeah. of look around and be uh-huh. like, but then she got wise mm-hmm. you, then she'd go in the freezer and if the peas were hot. Yes. <laughs> be like, hey, Anna, you want to explain yeah. why the peas are a little hot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's so funny. They were, and that was, was it because your parents were, um, were your parents educators? Do I have that? Yes. One? Yeah. Okay. My, my dad, um, was a professor uh, of sociology. My brother is, uh, I think, the world's only fourth-generation sociologist. My grandfather and my great-grandfather were all sociologists, and then we have other academia in the family. And so it wasn't. It wasn't out of. It wasn't out of like a sort of. Um, there was morality to it. My mom was terrified that I would grow up too quickly, which I now interpret as an adult. She really wanted me to like. Not lose my virginity. <laughs> right. So the worst thing you could do is watch yeah. the Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah. Which, <laughs> which is basically like, I mean, like just the four I mean, sluttiest old women. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rue McClanahan was always yeah. looking at. Oh. I mean, it was just, like, it was a story about like just women, four women who did nothing but banging and now they were happy <laughs> and close with their friends. <laughs> and the like, the having an older brother too, anything that I liked like if I had any inclination, I was a little too old for like Backstreet Boys. I think I just missed them. But if I had, for instance, like expressed interest in that kind of pop cultureness, my brother would have like just torn it apart. You know what I mean? And my right, mom right. probably like I w- I would never have like dreamt of putting a fan poster on my wall of anything gotcha. yeah. because it was just too ripe for the picking you know i recently will say i had never been to a boy band concert of any kind and saw the backstreet boys uh, how was last it last year it was fantastic awesome it was the nicest crowd of people ever how everyone great. knew every song i saw zero instruments through the entire show <laughs> the lights were great their choreography was on point like yeah. i was and like these girls next to me were like Who's your favorite? And I was like, I don't talk to me in like 90 minutes. I don't know yet. Um, and does it, it I would imagine there's a certain responsibility as one of the, are there five? I'm going to guess there's yeah. five Backstreet Boys. I, that yeah, they I have think. to, you can't really have one guy who completely lets it go, right? Like they have to all keep it a level of fit where you can do the choreography and yeah, not yeah. be chasing it. But, or, and maybe, you know, maybe there's <laughs> clever, you know, let's put, uh, Let's let's put Howie in the back, and I'm not yeah. sending Howie up here. I'm sure Howie's like got, right. got He's it. Not, you're not putting. Yeah. No yeah. one puts. Yeah. Nobody as to quote no. the famous <laughs> line from Dirty Dancing. No one puts Howie in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe they could sort of mask someone who was like, oh, you know, 
AJ's got a bad hip right now or something. But look, you know, I wouldn't have been able to say these names before this show. Um, yeah. And now yeah. you're just pulling yeah. out left and right. Yeah. It's, it's, that's impressive. I don't hate that I was late to it and didn't ever have to make a value judgment on it. Because yeah. I, I was too old for that moment. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's okay. Um, did you ever, with a brother three years older, did you ever have any romantic interest or involvement with any with my of brother? his friends? No, with his <laughs> friends. Because I feel like that's got to be a thing if like, you, you kind of jumped on that like you were like, oh, well, are we going to go there? <laughs> no, no, no. But like, was there ever like your brother's got like guys hanging out and it's like, yeah. oh. Yeah, but I laid low at school. I was quiet, mm-hmm. avoided everybody, everything. I was, I was involved in our drama program heavily in high school, but they called us, which I don't know if this is an offensive term, uh, bat cavers. Bat cavers. Yes, because we wore black. I wore a cape for a while. You know what? Not only is it not offensive, I love it because it's so not offensive. I mean, I don't think it's kind, but it's so soft in its observation that I really dig it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't mind it either. Um, but, um, oh my God, I totally lost my train of thought about bat cavers. Were you hooking up uh, with your brother? That was Josh's Oh, my brother, question. my brother and his friends, my brother and his friends. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Which was a Christmas tree skirt, by the way. Okay. Your cape was? Yeah. I did, this was like, I did have weird moments of like odd self-expression like that. That mm-hmm. was inexplicable and not particularly attractive. But um, like for a while, I I would take my bangs and I, I would pull all my hair back and I would just like slick up this one thing and have it like plastered. Down. Like a Superman curl, but no curl and coming yeah, straight down just, between just your eyes. Anna is, is, is demonstrating this for us right now. And I just want to say it is working for me. And I know that's yeah. not the purpose of this, but I kind of, while you're doing that, I'm thinking if I were like, a fellow, <laughs> let me just say, I know you laid low in high school. If I was a fellow bat caver, yeah, yeah. if I'm a young, if I'm a young man, you would and one of my fellow me. bat cavers is doing that yes, with their bangs, yes. I think I would go crazy. Do you think looking back that there were dudes in your theater group who were just like so enamored with you, but maybe. Uh, oh, Seth, I wish. Wouldn't that be? <laughs> my brother was kind of naturally popular, mm-hmm. which was um, felt incredibly elusive. I had no idea how that worked. I was hovering at like D minus, maybe like D plus, C minus social categorization, like the sweet spot, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You were a a 3.2 in the classroom and a 1.6. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But again, then if your brother's popular, he's he's bringing some cool guys by. So you have sort of that entree. Yeah. I don't need to keep digging on this. I no, no, no. I, I did. I always had a crush. Always. Yeah. But um, I think his, his crowd felt too scary. And, and if I, I'm not scary, but like playing with fire. I don't know. I, I think there was also, because I was acting with adult actors in the Seattle theater community, like that was, that defined a lot of sort of my early perspective because I'm working with all these like bitter theater yeah. actors that are like, uh, you know, like 
And I loved them. So did that yeah. mean that 18-year-old boys felt immature to you when you were 15? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, but I still, I still, I still crushed hard. I was always, I was always a romantic. Truly, I was like one of those kids, I think, like first grade, you know, Ryan, Ryan G, fastest <laughs> runner. Oh, wow. He was so fast. He ran fast. alongside the train. He was he so would, fast. Would he run, would he imaginary run next to your imaginary horse when oh, you were looking yeah. out the window? <laughs> oh, of course, Ryan would. Ryan G. Uh, I would buy him. Do you guys, did you guys have ice milk, like chocolate covered ice milk that you could buy that was like a substitute for ice cream at, in your cafeteria? Like, no. I'm going to say no. Yeah. Well, hard, no. <laughs> anyway, I would buy Ryan G. Like, I think they were 24 cents or 25. It must have been 25 cents. We're, Probably. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Just I a like bunch was, of. I, I love like, the idea that a school is just constantly giving kids a penny Yeah, for a penny. <laughs> <laughs> My parents splurged on a trip to Hawaii when I was um, probably eight or nine. Mm-hmm. They got some deal at a Sheraton or something, so we all went to Hawaii, and they were so broke. I think my dad didn't have a job at the time. Um Burger King had some deal for uh, 27 cents for a hamburger. I don't remember how much the cheeseburger cost because we never got to have the cheeseburger. Yeah. But we spent the week eating 27 cent uh, hamburgers. It was a great week, though. They say when you go to Hawaii, you got to get you got to get the hamburgers at McDonald's. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, drilling down a little bit here. It does seem like your parents there were many times where they were stretching a budget, but they did feel like getting out, bringing their yes. kids to interesting places. They were great and that it about didn't, that. And, and then as a kid, were you aware on a trip like that? Oh, this isn't how, if we had a little bit more money, we'd be eating somewhere else. Or was it more just, yeah. oh, this is fine. I think I was. I think yeah, I was. Okay. <laughs> and what, what, else, what else did yeah. you do in Hawaii on that trip? Like any memories other than the cheapo hamburgers? Or? Oh, man. They splurged on a catamaran ride. My parents were great about exposing us to all different kinds of, like, I mean, we would, we would go to, you know, an Ethiopian restaurant or like a Pakistani restaurant, like, and, or, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know if we ever went to the opera, but we did go, they exposed me to a lot of live theater, which is kind of how I started getting involved in that community. And so they were great about probably exposing us to the world to an extent, um, I think more so than my peers that really made me want to leave. Right. Like mm-hmm. this, the feeling of like, there's the, there's a big world out there. I got to get out of here. When they started taking you to Italy, what were those trips like? I slept at the foot of my parents' bed in like, (laughs) I am by far the slightest physically member of my family. Like I still have like the short girl remnants in Mm me. And um, my family is tall. And so a minivan in Italy is not an Astrovan. Right. In the United States, you know? It's, so they I, really, they're leaning on the mini more than the van. Oh, yeah. And we, our bags, I mean, we had to bring it all, you know, granola mm-hmm. bars. Like, <laughs> 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 laundry soap. Uh, and so, like, my memories of Italy are, they're fabulous. They were filled with, like, you know, mind-blowing experiences that were 
you know, pretty modest. We stayed at uh, like, you know, small inexpensive places. And I stayed at the foot of my parents' bed most of the time on some like wonderfully Italian rollaway bed. <laughs> right. Hmm. What now? Where was your brother then? Where does he go? My brother, he, um, he really, you know, this is like, first of all, he always got to sit in the front seat because he's tall and he yeah. claims chronic car sickness. Oh, he by is the way, oh. you know who else does that? My lovely bride has is a car sickness. So all whenever it's like her whole family and me, I'm always in the back seat. Yeah, and it's just yes. like the the, the and queen, you just you just the wait queen it out. has to ride up front. Yeah. Yep. But um, I, I remember barely barely being able to see out the windows because I was just, I mean, they had to cram me <laughs> in. It was mm. so strategic. The So we would show up to some like pensione or whatever it is in Italian. <laughs> and like open up the sliding door and just suitcases just falling out, you know. Um, as we like scrambled to get out of the car, I-, I was always in the way, way back, like we've mentioned with a ton of suitcases on my lap, but I'm really good with maps as I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only one in the family who can speak the tiniest bit of Italian. So when we got lost, because f- before like ways or G- whatever, like we were mapping yeah. it, yeah, which is amazing to like, you know, unfold a massive map of Italy while your dad is driving down the wrong <laughs> on the wrong side of the street or whatever. It's like Senzo Which Uco, you shouldn't need dad. a map for. You should just know which the right side of the street is. That's not a map <laughs> answer. I think the, the incident that I'm really recalling was a was a uh, Senzo Unico one way that my dad was uh, going down the incorrect way and my mom just like <laughs> like just screaming at him. Just like that. In terror. Jack. <laughs> oh God. Um, there's a lot of that. A lot of like um my mom has so many incredible qualities, but like rolling with the punches, going with the flow, not yeah. always a strong suit. Our mom definitely has a real startle reflex. So yes. the way your mom reacted to going down the uh, one-way street is the way my mom reacts to everything. Yes. <laughs> Loud noise. Yes. Yeah. Someone walked in the room that she didn't like expect or like, yeah. Right now, yeah. the newest thing is my father walks through a room and she lives with him and she it scares her all the time. Don't you think it's interesting how fear, the emotion that you feel a millisecond after you've been scared is anger as soon as like the situation has been assessed which is happens like that you know yeah you're pissed yeah don't you guys think yeah how do you guys do deal with like surprise birthday parties i beg them not to happen yeah yeah i know that i my fiance used to actively sort of try to scare me and but i get so angry i'm like don't do this and she's like you like horror movies and i'm like but that's i go somewhere and i want to be scared when i'm just like walking into my living room i don't want you to pop out at me like i might punch you in the face um because i'm scared this might be fun for you guys to try with your dad next time your dad is taking a nap in a hammock or something (laughs) um find a small like piece of straw 
like a okay. like a little like a wheat stalk or a sure, grass sure, sure. blade will yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, we got we got wheat stalks around here. We're good. And just put it up his nose just a little bit. The this is very much this is very much a Mackenzie thing. Let me tell you something about our dad. Yeah. In a million years, we would not do what you've just suggested. <laughs> Why? Will he, because will he... our dad is a is a loving uh, a husband and father. The man has a temper on him. The man would not find humor in being a uh, nostril strawed. After he like, if because you know, usually it's like the shaking of the head. You're like, what is that? Ah, uh, uh, and then you're like, that irritates me. You know, and then you're kind of grumpy. Would he ever get over it? Would he oh, like? Yeah. He'd get over it, but it wouldn't. There would be no joy. It wouldn't be worth. Right, right, right. He's also like a a legendary, and I feel like we are as well. But sneezer. So if you set off a fit of sneezing, then our mother would be upset. Yeah, yeah, she'll Um, be scared. A loud, yeah, yeah. He's a loud sneezer, which is not his fault. And uh, every single time he sneezes, my mom acts like it is his fault. Like that he's choosing to sneeze Uh that. At that volume. Yeah. That I think is, that's, that's love right there. Not appreciating that do someone. Do you think there's a, do you think he like kind of kicks in like 10%? Like <laughs> You might, you think? Yeah. You know? I was asked, I was asked recently to pull back on my sneezes and I tried and it's like. Yeah, Who you asked can't. you? Mackenzie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering. I mean, and I, I guess I would have. It would have been so funny if it was not. If it was fiance. like someone at a restaurant that I was sitting next to. <laughs> hey man, pull it back. they're all real impressed so you said you had these like amazing experiences in italy like where would you go were you going to look at you know ruins or would you just go to beachside towns or no we we would do the whole thing we would you know go see the david uh, the david the david the david um uh you know pompeii like we would we were doing it you know we like yeah. stood did in you the see line. david or did you see the david the david which have you guys seen david in person i have uh, not seen david in person he's a gem i want to say i have but i don't know where he is so I can't uh, he's say. in florence he's at oh the no that i haven't i haven't it's true it's it's um i I've seen some art, you know? Yeah, yeah. Since I like, you know, I've been around. I've seen them. I've seen some art. This was uh, like, it kind of sears into my memory how impactful actually seeing David was in person. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to the Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale. I love it there. Me too. And they've got a David. They've got a they big do? old David. And, yeah, it's huge. Do you guys think cemeteries are a waste of space? Oh, uh, interesting. No, I like them. You I do? like walking around. That, that was it. Greenwood. What's the one in Brooklyn? I'm actually though. I am going to take the. Uh, I'm going to take your side of this ledger and say yeah. that I do think cemeteries are a slight waste of space. But I don't yeah. know what else. You know, would I rather it's a strip mall? No. You know, so ne- that's the danger when you say something's a waste of space is you don't know what uh, they're going to put there. I do think that. They could be um, multi-purposed, though, in a better way. Like you could have a ropes course at a cemetery. Above the cemetery. I uh, look. I've always said, and Josh knows (laughs) this. I would much prefer it just be a big old pile of bones, just an above ground (laughs) pile of bones that these obviously kids could crawl all. I mean, it would just be a fun. Let's go over to the bone pile, and you could play take a bone, leave a bone. Um, Yes. Yeah. I love take a bone, leave a bone. There's a tooth. 
Um, Does it count? Were you were you guys camp like camp kids? Did you go to summer camp? You probably have talked. No, we about did not this go that way. Josh went one year. I didn't. I was not a summer camp kid. Yeah, we went like we did a couple sports camps, and I did one like sleepaway camp. But we were not camp kids. I am. I have very bad allergies, and I'm. I would say historically, when I enter a cabin or a anything that could be musty on a bad day or damp, it's a, a pretty immediate uh, uh, allergic nightmare. So I was always very wary of camps. Also, the few times in my life I've gotten poison ivy, I've almost died. That's very convenient, uh, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it's not, I'm not meant for <laughs> no, the I'm just kidding. No, no. Um, uh, were, were you homesick? Were you guys homesick kids? Like if we went away to camp? Yeah. I just in general, even if I went away for like a night or two, I was a homesick kid. I remember I sent a letter home that, that mom still has. It's on like Cheerios stationery. And I was at that sleepaway camp and I was like, hey, mom, this is what I need. Can you send snacks? Here's some ideas of how to do it. Send a flashlight, but remove the batteries, put a Snickers bar inside um, send uh, toothpaste that you like squeeze the toothpaste out of and like somehow put chocolate in there. Like I was just like, how, how, how can you sneak me treats? Because I couldn't get them. Yes. I remember I went to like a six week summer program that was academic between my junior and senior year. And my mom, my favorite food in the world is my mom's homemade Chex Mix. Oh. And she sent a giant tub of it and I was, we were in dorm rooms for the course of the summer and I had a roommate. None of us had our own dorm rooms. And uh, he very much said, what you're doing is not okay. Eating uh, <laughs> eating Chex Mix from a tub, this very sort of pungent te- Chex Mix. <gasps> and then our, you're, just, you're just crumbing our entire, it was like a stranger saying, pull back on your sneezes. I felt it was very out of line. I was thinking about last night, <laughs> I was thinking about. I'm so sorry that this podcast meant you got no sleep last night. We, we I no- was so excited. You know, I've had my like. I told myself I wasn't going to talk about my podcast. My journey with the podcast has become truly, in like all sense of the words, sort of the um, odd hobby to a nice job. You know, like I, with, with yes. Yeah, but anyway, so I was really excited about to talk to you guys because uh, it's fun to like not have the pressure, I guess. I should also note uh, your podcast, uh, uh, Anna Ferris is Unqualified. You have been doing it for a very long time. And yeah. it's nice for as we start to do one. It's very lovely. It's very lovely to hear that you still uh, you still enjoy it. I do, but it definitely like uh, there's a, there is a little bit of a bittersweetness to it because I, I sort of had this like grand. Do you guys remember Chat Roulette? Yeah. yeah. When I was introduced to Chat Roulette, I was in New Zealand filming Yogi Bear 3D. Um, Yogi. That, and were you nominated for an Oscar? I can't remember. Yeah. Did you win it or not? I won. <laughs> okay. She won it. Yeah, she won it. Yogi, um. the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Uh, at that time, Chat Roulette had about thirty thousand users. Not yeah, and Chat any- Roulette was like it was an app, and you would just hit a button, and then a random person's video feed. It wasn't even feed an app. Would- it was a like a web like a it website. was a website. Yeah. Okay. So and you it- just hit a button, and then someone would come up, and it would be like, "Now you're chatting with this random yep. person." Yeah. Okay. And there was a very small window of time before oh, it was overtaken by chat. I know. Roles, right? okay. Yes. 
Yeah. And it was like it was a it was an incredible time too. Yeah. It was it was like this kind of incredible social experiment. I would be talking to like a librarian in Texas and then to a bunch of dudes in Nigeria. It was just it was what amazing. percentage of the chat letters recognized you? Oh. I don't think as many well But some. When you're dressed up as a ranger it's <laughs> in right. the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the 3D cameras to be adjusted or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, yeah, there was just like this kind of, this really cool social experiment that quickly got, uh, you know, uh, destroyed. And I was really mad about it. So like when the masturbators first started dominating chat roulette, I would be really, I would, I, I wanted to irk them. So I would be like, you can do it. Yay, let's go. Come on, you can do it. Almost there. But I do feel like a lot, of, there is a unique kind of masturbator whose kink is encouraging park ranger. Yeah, that's so, right. So for them, you might have yuggy, thought you were. Is your mom easily embarrassed? Is our mom easily embarrassed? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't My think so mom, either. I was thinking, uh, just now about how, see, this is the question where I'm going to answer. I ask a question, but I'm not thinking about yeah, yeah. what you guys are saying. Yeah. Is your mom easily embarrassed? Yes. Thank you. Um, she, <laughs> I was thinking, we, we, we were at a restaurant in Italy and it was um, a fancier restaurant and we normally didn't eat at fancier restaurants and uh, it was on the sea. It was gorgeous. It was expensive and the, and it was packed and oh, the waiter came over and told us that this other table wanted to take a picture with my mom. There was a lot of language confusion. I started to get the sense that somebody maybe had recognized me. Mm -hmm. Like, and there was some kind of like, no, she's not the famous one. The mom is. They thought my mom was Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> and it... It took us about an hour to figure this out after the fact um, because we weren't really putting it together. My mom was forcing me to be in this picture that people were wondering why I needed to be in the picture. And uh, because they wanted their picture with Olivia Newton-John, my mom was like gripping onto me with like an iron fist. You know, she's like clutching my upper arm, like, don't you leave me. And so I'm awkwardly kind of in the middle of this picture. Uh, and my mom, I think it's it's so painful she cannot think it happened i don't know maybe 15 years ago and uh maybe 20 it's a it's still like harrowing it's plucking a cord for sure now can i ask a question yes 20 years ago did your mom look anything like olivia newton john kind of okay can I sh yeah 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 she uh let's see oh no this is this isn't this this is a visual medium all right but we'll tell, um, they'll know, our listeners will know from our reaction whether or not we agree okay, with the Italians enough. who thought your mom looked like a living Fair dude. enough. Um, our father used to sign autographs for Mike Schmidt, yeah. an old baseball player for old the Philadelphia player. Phillies. Did he pull um, it off? I think so. He'd be like stopped in airports and looked enough like him and uh, has like very nice uh, penmanship. So I feel like he signed more than a few Mike Schmidt autographs because people would ask him for an autograph and he would just be like, yeah, of course. And Sometimes yeah. we uh, we look exchange nope. rate 
famous, which is we don't look enough like the person, but in a different land. Yeah, I love that terminology there. Anna still can't find a picture well, of her mom. Well, oh, this is. isn't, um, it's, I'm trying to yeah. uh, sort of sort through this, but you, this uh, is I'll, my mom. Yeah, prom. that's, that's Olivia is... Newton-John. Also, <laughs> your dad is gigantically tall. Yeah, see what I mean? I, I can yeah. back I can back up my You're uh, showing us a photo album where it looks like he's leaning to fit on the page. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of text in that book as well. Text yeah. Out. Yes. This was a recent gift. Uh, my my dad put this together because he's retired and this is what oh, that's he does. Very sweet. Um yeah, nice. all right, are you ready for our closing questions? Yes, yes. Ready for closing yeah. questions. All right, here we go. Um, you can only pick one of these. Is your ideal vacation, is it relaxing? Is it adventurous? Is it enlightening? Or is it educational? Relaxing. Very good. I, mean, it's a I also feel like enlightening it? and educational are pretty close. I, 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 I thought that, Josh, but this is your question and I didn't want to say it. So now yeah, you're okay. ten, uh, 10 episodes in, we're going to drop one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Your preferred uh, means of transportation, train, plane, automobile, Ooh, I like this. boat, on Ooh. foot, Ooh, bicycle. I, love this. Um, I, I would love to imagine myself as the kind of person who could sail to Hawaii by themselves, like, like, like could handle that much sort of solitude. Skill-wise, no. But yeah. uh, I love traveling by train. I think it's uh, so, like, beautifully meditative. I haven't been able to do that much but during quarantine i was looking at videos on youtube i found myself obsessively watching train videos and tsunami videos wow yeah and you're going so through yeah i meant to i meant to train or a boat but i love to drive too i don't know i like in I, your in your fantasy when you were taking a boat to hawaii when you get there is it still the 27 cent deal for the hamburgers? <laughs> or are you paying full freight? I'm going to get the cheese. I'm getting cheese. <laughs> You're getting the cheese. Whoa. This time. Guess I'm what? I'm back yeah. and I made it yeah, big. Yeah. I made yeah. cheese money. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. If you could take a vacation with any family other than your own family, who would you go with? So it's a family. They could be a li- living, they could be dead. I love your family. Great. Oh, we would love to have yeah. you, by the way. We'd love to have you. Yeah. They would go I, crazy. I sit in the way, way back. I'm pretty easy, you know? I, I mean, like, so I'm good. Uh, your like- vibe, everything about your vibe would click <laughs> with my parents. And I'm yeah. not, I'm saying that with all authenticity. When I've seen them on your show, I, they, they are not only so lovely and loving, um, they do remind me a lot of my folks and except without all the Without all the history. Yeah, without without all yeah. the being your folks. Yeah. I I just would get to be the fun tag along. I mean, the, like, the amount of times I've thought, oh, I would I would like them so much more if they were somebody else's parents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. I I want to clarify. I don't mean that because they we've established the the only two people I know that are definitely going to listen to every episode of this podcast. That's the kind of supportive parents we have. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we don't we wouldn't have to put you in the way way back. You could have the backseat middle hump. Yeah, oh, would you uh, back seat I, I'm on. done with Great. that. Yeah, I've I've been there, yeah. been there a yeah. lot. Yeah, sitting sure. on the sort of back seat oh, yeah. armrest oh, yeah. was a very popular yeah. spot. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we'd love to have you. If you were stranded on a desert island with one member of your family, who would you like to have with you? Are we including like cousins and? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. As long as they're family. Um. Are we including like the deceased? Uh, can I okay, can I bring we'll just like it. you know like an urn with some ashes in it? Well, no, we're gonna 
Say, Josh is going to decide. What are you going to decide, Josh? I'm going to decide people? you can't bring a dead body or ashes. Uh, uh, well, but if you if you wanted to reanimate oh. someone who's since passed and bring no. them, we'll allow it. But that really. reanimating the dead often comes with unexpected consequences. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the family member who would just listen the best, who's not going to tell me all their stories. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so uh, you want to you want them to hear all your yeah, story? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I got a lot. You know, Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like. <laughs> so, so who you bring in? <laughs> um, I I have a uh, a step uncle who is mute. Mm. I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't <laughs> have. Uh, <laughs> um, I think this. I wonder if you guys notice a pattern of like loopiness increased, like. Yeah, well, you didn't sleep at all. You had you had yeah, podcast it's, jitters. It's true. Look at you. I made notes. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna go with my brother. I'm gonna Great. go with okay. my brother. A sociology Great. professor was a nice person to spend time on a desert island. I think that's a good choice. Yeah, he has some interesting of, things to say. He sure does. He has a ton of interesting things to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Edmonds, Washington, where you are from, would you recommend it as a vacation destination? Not really, no. no. Okay. I mean, it's not, it's, uh, you know. But yeah. the cops, the cops were always busting up those keggers. <laughs> <laughs> so not prime vacation? Because a, a lot of families take vacations, which are, you know, sort of built around keggers. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fun, you know, with everything... We've heard about the police in recent years. It is fun to hear, like, my high school complain about them, which is they were busting up keggers. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. It was nice when that was my only focus of complaint yeah. about the law enforcement. So. <laughs> yeah. Which Good actually, old days. Which also, from a, a local cop's point of view, I bet, like, that was pretty fun. That's the dream. When you get a call, a neighbor calls in a kegger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it also yeah. sounds like from your description of Edmonds, I, where we grew up was very much the same, that if a kegger got busted up, you'd run into the woods, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You're, you're Just running right. into the woods. Running into the woods. To this day. Covered in nettles. Just like. the best. <laughs> and knowing, and the funny thing is running full speed, no cop has ever chased a kid into the woods at a kegger. Like, the whole point is just to get him out. <laughs> yeah. Stop the party. Yeah. I have no idea how people got the kegs. Uh, anyway. No, yeah. I was Ooh. never the person who got the keg. I want to thank the people I grew up with who were, who were sort of savvy enough to get a keg. Thank you for the hard work you put Maybe in. Maybe you had to get a hand truck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't lift that thing. <laughs> no. Um, and uh, Seth, you've got the last, the final question. Last question is potentially a two-part question. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Yes. And do you think it's worth it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Most deaf. Wait, right. wait, Josh, you haven't been? No, no, you have been, but Seth hasn't been. Yeah, I haven't yes, been. Yes, and, I've and only, I don't want to I've go. only looked. Uh, and, and I haven't Josh. Do you fully think it's worth it? You do think it's worth it, right? Yeah, I, I'm desperate to go back and, and really like spend time. I, I would like to go to the bottom to look up, I think. Yeah, I want to go to the North Rim because it's less populated. Yeah. And I would love to go rim to rim. I have a friend uh, who I grew up with who's like a crazy fitness guy. And he was like, hey, we're running from rim to rim to rim. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would like to do that. Did but he also you're climb Mount Everest? Time and, yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, rim to rim I would love run. to say I could do that. <laughs> He's the one at the bar when you go, can I get a margarita with salt on the rim? He's like, speaking of rooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it was a two-part question? No, that was it. It was, have you been? And if you've been, was it worth oh, it? So you answered it. Yeah. You came on team, yes. Yeah. There's a couple of um, visual memories uh, that I, I think 
I feel really fortunate to have experienced. I don't know if I need to go back. I love our, I'm like national park nostalgic, like, you know, an 86 year old. So I have that kind of like that element in me. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Seth, um, I think maybe in 12 years, maybe in 10 years. Okay. Is your pil- I'll reassess. Is your I try to reassess every every uh, ten years where I stand. Yeah, on, yeah. On where you stand. And, and by the way, I'm taking a lot of input. And, and it, look, obviously, I, I consider your opinion. I hold it sacrosanct. And the fact that you're pro canyon you. is very is a big is yeah. a big push in that direction. Uh, amazing. I feel flattered. Thank you. A big push, like like I'm like the a guest. Big, a big old push have, like, off the side of the rim. I did give you like a pretty generous time frame, though. But. <laughs> you did. You gave me a decade to go. <laughs> oh wait, I do son of a gun. I do want to ask you a question because oh, I read something. Oh, ask me, please. You got a you rented a house on vacation and got oh. carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. I oh, can't yeah. believe we almost left out. This is I mean why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> um yeah, it was awful. Uh it was Yeah, I mean all was... jokes aside, it sounds awful. Yeah, it was it was awful. It was uh my um dad, we were all feeling we were up at Lake Tahoe in the winter um and there were 14 family members and uh we were cranking that heat. It was a brand new home. It was such an unpleasant experience that there's part of me that it's not that it's painful to talk about, but it but it wasn't a pleasant experience by any stretch of the imagination, but I also want to talk to let people know that it truly is an odorless, invisible toxin. We were all feeling very specifically bad. Uh, How so? Cho- um, really sluggish, headachey, kind of moody. Like we, and we kind of chalked it up to, uh, you know, the altitude or whatever. We're like, God, we're all kind of feeling like shit. And uh, and then I remember my dad had to go to the hospital for because he has some heart issues and so he just wasn't feeling great. So they went to the hospital. They checked his carbon monoxide levels. They were through the roof. So we, my husband and I, were passed out. Like we were, I remember, like eight fire trucks outside, like ambulances outside of the house, blinking red lights, like being, uh, being woken up by these firefighters. I, re- I had this hazy memory of them, of one of them saying, like, you guys have no idea how lucky you are because the house was, like, just through the roof. So is it was it only because your when your dad went and he tested through the roof, they then sent the fire yes. trucks to the house he'd been at? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Somebody was proactive enough to be like, this might not be heart trouble. This might be, let's te- te- check his carbon monoxide levels. And then once they checked it, they were like, now we got to find we out gotta clear who else out the is in house. that house. Wow. So the, the I guess the house hadn't been a final inspection or something hadn't quite been sorted. So it was just pumping carbon monoxide as and we were just cranking up that heat. So anyway, we we do like we travel with carbon monoxide detectors now. I and I would imagine. kind of encourage, I, you know, it was a specific feeling of uh, shittiness. And we had we had been there for about two days and before we found out. So um yeah, I, I, I'm not going to start a nonprofit, but I would like to get the word out. There you go. That's <laughs> I think you know. You you don't. Really <laughs> I like profit. <laughs> You're going to start a for-profit 
yeah, carbon, carbon monoxide, monoxide awareness. awareness. Yeah. <laughs> you would like, uh-huh. if for a little bit of money, you're going to tell people what the symptoms are. You've been yeah. a little vague about it today, but if you want to yeah. know exactly what they are. I should like uh, liven them up a little bit. Like, oh, you get like, get these crazy visuals, like unicorns <laughs> or like long live. I don't know. want to do it. Yeah, I've, been micro, right. I've been I've been micro-monoing. Micro-monoing? Micro-monoing. Uh, Mm-hmm. Got a yeah. <gasps> um, yeah, no, th- but that was scary. And thank you for um, letting me talk about it, though, because I because it was, I don't know, it was just one of those things that you just don't think is going to happen to you. No, and, of course uh, no, no one. I mean, of it. all the things you worry when you rent a home, right, for right. a vacation, I would say carbon monoxide is very, very low on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so um, that that was scary. That was rough. Look at us. Right at the end, Josh and I managed to ask a Just, question. Yeah. Save some lives. Brought save me. some lives. We finally <laughs> saved some lives in our podcast. Yeah. Um, we love you. This was so much fun. It was I love great you guys see. so much, truly. Uh, yeah, I um, I hope that we can hang out again. And, yeah. um, and thank you guys to. for uh, not just having me on your podcast, but having a great podcast. Thank it's you. really fun to listen to. The conceit is great. All right. We will see you soon then. Thank you guys for being awesome, brothers. You got it. Bye, guys. Anna's family used to go on road trips for six weeks. Brought their own espresso so they never had to sleep. Stuck inside the backseat with the luggage on her lap. Was the only one there who could even read a map for the duration of the vacation. She play a game in her imagination. Yeah, she'd play window. Look outside, imagine she's riding a horse. She'd feel the wind blow, riding with force. She would think of Ryan G. Asking him, will you kiss me? And if he didn't want her eyes slashy, I'll leave her there at G. She's right.